Well, hello, everyone. Um, first, can we, before I hop into it, I'm Luke, by the way. I serve as our 10th grade boys life group leader. And can we just take a minute to thank our incredible students team and life group leaders who serve every week to have an amazing environment for you. They're the best. We love them so much. Um, if, you, if this is your first time here, welcome. We hope you encounter Jesus tonight. This place is really special for me. So I hope it's really special for you, too. Um, so I had a question for you guys. What do you want to be known for? If you asked me when I was really little, I would have told you that I wanted to be a chef on the space station, which is a real job for sure. Um, I'm terrible at cooking, and this is, like, borderline too tall for me. So clearly that didn't work out. Um, if you asked me a little bit further in my life, I would have told you I wanted to be a stand-up comic. Now, I had one joke. Are you ready to hear it? Correct answer. Um, why do seagulls live by the sea? Great job. Um, they live by the sea because if they live by the bay, they'd be called bagels. Yeah. You can see why this isn't working out for me. Um, further on, in high school, I really wanted to be like a really great soccer player. Now, this also didn't work out because I was terrible. Um, I didn't even make the team senior year. So it was just a sad time for me. Um, but whether we like it or not, we're all known for something. Whether it's the clothes we wear, the things we say, the way we talk, we're all known for something. When people think about us, they think something about us. So tonight, we're going to dive into Daniel 5, and we're going to see kind of what the Lord has to say, how we answer this question for ourselves. What do you want to be known for? Cool? Awesome. Y'all are so great. We're going to pray before you hop into it. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful that you choose to meet us in spaces like this. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts, open our minds to receive all that you're going to do. Help us love you more and help us love the people around us even more. So grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So before we start, I want you to pretend like you're not here. So I know that's kind of weird, but if we look at the book of Daniel, a lot of scholars say that it was written around 500 BC, which is 2,500 years ago, which is a lot of years ago. Um, when I think about things five years ago were a lot different, I can't imagine things 2,500 years ago. But one thing that was super different was the way they thought about things. So they had what's called a supernatural worldview. What does that mean, you may ask? Great question, y'all. Uh, a supernatural worldview means that when they looked at the world, all they saw was spiritual things. So the sun coming up wasn't just like a ball of fire in the sky. It was literally like God like shining his light on the earth. And when they looked at the stars at night, um, all the stars shining weren't just like planets and hot gas and like black holes and stuff. It was literally like they pictured angels and, and the hosts of heaven like worshiping God. And people were spiritual, and the seasons me meant things. So, so the way they thought about the world was very different than way we, the way we think about things. And that's not bad. It doesn't make them dumber than us. It doesn't make them worse than us. But that just makes them different. So when we read the book of Daniel, we see a lot of really weird, interesting spiritual things. And when they, like, encountered these things, they didn't seem that it was that weird because they were always expecting the supernatural. So when we read this tonight, I just want you guys to pretend like you're 2,500 years ago, 
that you're wearing, like a potato sack, because for some reason, like Kids Camp and VeggieTales taught me, like everyone in the Bible wore potato sacks. And I want you to pretend like you didn't scroll on TikTok for an hour and a half and that you are in the past. Are we cool with that? Are we there? Awesome. So we've looked at the last couple weeks of scripture and we've seen how Daniel has stood strong on the Lord through so many difficult situations. He gets brought out of Babylon or brought out of Israel into Babylon where he is like they try to force him to have different customs than he's used to. They try to force him to worship different gods. Um, his friends get thrown into a burning pit of fire. And through the whole time, he stands strong on what he believes and what he knows to be true. So th- we've, we've seen over and over and over how Daniel is trusted, how he's a man of God, and how he's strong. And then last week, Pastor Jerry took us down to Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the king of Babylon who didn't trust God, and then he trusted God, and then his life was completely changed. So this is where we pick up in the story. So Nebuchadnezzar dies. Unfortunately, I know, sad. Um, You guys loved him so much. Um, Nebuchadnezzar dies, and his son, Belshazzar, say Belshazzar. We're going to call him Shazzy for short because I like it better. So Shazzy, his son, becomes the new king, and he doesn't have this amazing encounter with God that Nebuchadnezzar had. So he's back to how Nebuchadnezzar was before he encountered God. He says, like, no, I can do my own thing. I'm young. I don't care. I'm, I'm chilling. Like, I'm the king, whatever. Everyone has to listen to me all the time. It's so cool. Um, so we pick up at the beginning of Daniel 5, and Shazzy and all of his friends are having a giant party. And it's, like, crazy, crazy stuff is happening. And at one point in the party, he asked for one of his servants to bring some special goblets. And these goblets are taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So why does that matter? That matters because these were dedicated to God. They were to be used for worship to the Lord specifically. So what he's doing is he's not just drinking out of special cups. What he wants to tell people is he's saying like, hey, I don't need God. I'm doing my own thing. I'm the best. I'm the king. And No one has to listen to God because I'm the king. And so he's trying to make this statement and say, like, no, I'm better. I don't need help. Like, I'm I'm the best. And so that's where we pick up. We're picking up in Daniel 5, verse 4. As they drank the wine, Shazzy and all his friends, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Not the God of the universe. They choose these lesser things. They choose iron. They choose stone. They choose bronze. Supernatural worldview. Those things sound like, I don't know, who wants to worship wood? Like, there's just trees, like, growing. Like, that's so bizarro. But we do the same thing, like, literally all the time. Like, how many times do we put our trust in our grades? Like, all of our energy, all of our striving. Or our Instagram followers, I don't have that many. Um, But, clearly, see? Um... We put our trust in our sports, how we're doing on the team. We put our trust in what we want to do when we grow up, what sports team we want to be on, all those things. We trade the goodness of our God in entrusting his plan for us for all these lesser things, for the gold, the silver, the bronze. So this might be 2,500 years ago, but it still matters. We're still people, right? Verse 5. Suddenly, 
the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. I told you it was going to be very weird. This is also where the phrase, the writing on the wall, comes from. So put that in your trivia notes app to cheat on the next time you have trivia. Verse 6. His face turned pale, Shazzy, and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way. The king called out for the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners to be brought and said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. They're going to ice him out. And he will be made third highest ruler in the kingdom. Which is funny to me because, like, the third highest, like, there's a hand on the wall floating. Like, you can't do second. Like, third is really funny to me. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. Oh, king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. And I love this because she's just, like, walking down the hallway, and she hears something's happening, and she's like, oh, I should be in there. Like, there, it sounds like there's a hand writing on the wall. Um, it's kind of like when you're in, like, math class and you haven't been paying attention and then your teacher calls on you and you're like, uh, four. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. Um, the next part is really important, though, so please lean in. Verse 11. There's, your, there's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, who is found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, I say, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. This man, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, fun name, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you, Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you'll be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made third highest ruler in the kingdom. And at this point in Daniel's life, he's old. He's like, he's lived a life. He's been in this kingdom basically his whole life. And throughout his whole story, we've seen time and time again that he has stood strong on who God made him to be. He was exactly who God called him to be. And even the people who don't believe the same things as him, like the king, the queen, the nobles, who worship different gods, who have different values, looked at him and they said, man, he's got the spirit of God in him. That's special. No one could deny that there was something so special about his life. That he lived so uniquely that he was, 
He was regarded as having insight and wisdom that no one else had. He had knowledge. He was trustworthy. They knew that he could call on him, that they could trust entire, like, an entire department of the government to him, all because he trusted God. That's what he was known for. Daniel was a man who lived a life fully surrendered to the Spirit. He didn't act without God telling him what to do. People could see it in him. And not because he's great, but his God is great. What do you want to be known for? Verse 17. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. I love that. He still is so strong. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. And ultimately, so he reads this writing. It's super weird. But what it means is, hey, King Shazzy, you've not done a great job. You're not loving people well. You're not being kind. You don't care. You're, like, forcing people into poverty. And you're um, just, just, like, leading so poorly. And because of that, your kingdom is going to be taken from you. So which is like a really tough message to share, especially when that guy can like kill you or not. Um, but he stands strong and he says like, no, this is what this means. Verse 20, we skip down to verse 29. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, King of the Babylonians was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at age 62. Of course, Daniel's right. Throughout his whole story, he's known to be trustworthy. Throughout his whole story, he's known to be bold, to be strong, to have wisdom and insight and knowledge that no one else has. The king literally used these words, that he has insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. There was no one like him. God was so at work in his life that no one could deny it. No one could disagree with it. No one could argue against it. There was something special about him. Even when they didn't believe anything that he preached, or that he believed, there was just no denying it. And I don't know about you, but I want that for my life. I want to be trustworthy. I want to be so bold that people are like, man, he like prays for people and he like expects them to get healed. I want to love people in such a different way that if they've known me for like two minutes or like my whole life, that they say like, he just loves me. Like no strings attached. I want to be someone who is trustworthy, who know, like people know my word, like I'm going to stand by my word, that I'm going to do things with excellence. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want them to see love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and self-control in, like, everything I do. That's what I want. That's what I want to be known for. What do you want to be known for? I know that sounds like a lot, and it sounds really difficult. Like, how in the world do we do that? How do we embody all those things? How do, we pe- how do we be people that love uniquely, that live surrendered, that do things totally differently? How do we do it? Well, when we look at the life of Daniel, 
he spent his whole life surrendered to Jesus. He spent his whole life surrendered to the Spirit. Leaning on God. Reaching for God. In every moment, in every situation. He's filled with the Spirit. He did what God asked him to do. He loved people uniquely. And every minute of every day, he chased after him. Which sounds like a lot, and a lot of the people, like, y'all all know me, you know I mess up all the time. Like, we're all people. We mess up. But the beauty of our faith is that Jesus made a way for us. Like, we don't worship a dead guy. We don't worship an idea. We don't worship a practice. We don't worship a thought. We don't worship a principle. We worship a king who died and rose and has the power over life and death. He has the power to change everything, to transform you, to make your life different, to give you supernatural power. He has the power to fill you with his spirit so you don't have to even do it alone. It's a lot to be people that are known to be like good people, but not when you're filled with the spirit. Not when you're following Jesus with everything. And if you don't know Jesus, I just want you to know that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he is obsessed with you, that he has a plan for you, that he wants the best for you, that he cares about the way you think and the things you have and the dreams you have on your heart. He cares about all that stuff. You can't, you've never, you can't mess up too much. You can't be too far. Your reputation can't be too broken. He's obsessed with you. So if that's interesting to you and you don't know Jesus, Jacob's going to be in the back after worship or during worship and afterwards. And I just want you to ask questions. You don't have to commit to anything tonight. Just ask questions. Because Jesus changed my life. He transformed my life. He's made me, like, so different. And I'm so, so grateful. So please, if you don't know Jesus, take some time tonight. Ask a couple questions. He'll meet you, I promise. Now, if you do know Jesus, all of those things are still true about you. You can't be too broken to surrender your life to him, to give back everything to him. Your, your reputation is never too bad. You're never too far gone. Just like Jerry told us last week, you're never too far. You're never too far. He loves you. He's obsessed with you. You can always come running home. If we want to be people whose lives reflect the goodness of our God, if we want to be people who are great, if we want to be like Daniel where we're walking into like a room with a disembodied hand and we're like, no, I'm still going to tell you the truth. We have to be people who are filled with the Spirit, who are surrendered to Jesus, who are chasing after him with everything. When Jesus died and rose again, before he went back to heaven to be with his Father, he leaves us with something really special. It's John 14, verse 12. Jesus says, very true. This is actually, this is kind of, sorry to backtrack, but this is a really important moment because 
Jesus is going to heaven and he's leaving the disciples. And so they have to like do this whole thing. They've been relying on Jesus this whole time. And they have to like do this whole thing now without him. They're left, they feel alone. They have to live surrendered to the spirit. They have to live differently. They have to be people who are known to be great. And Jesus says in John 14, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Even greater things than Jesus. Even greater things than Jesus. When we live with the Spirit in us, when we live surrendered to the Spirit with everything, we can do incredible things. In each one of you, God has given you special talents, special abilities. God has gifted you with dreams and with visions. He has. Each of you has something special. You have a different perspective. You carry a different way of thinking on purpose. God has made you to love people uniquely. God has made each of you to start companies and build businesses and lead nonprofits and work at churches and and everything in between, work at hospitals and be lawyers and, and be moms and dads who love with everything. There's something special in each of you. God has given each of you something so unique, something so special. He's given each of you purpose. You can do amazing things. You can live an absolutely impossible life. You can live an impossible life. When you surrender to the Spirit, when you say, God, my w- not my will, God, your will, not my will will be done, we can do the impossible. We can love to look down on. We can serve our neighbors, like your actual neighbors. We can free the oppressed. We can bring justice and healing to the people that aren't as fortunate as us. We can change our world. When each of us is living in our purpose, when we're walking in the Spirit, we're saying, God, what do you have for me today? God, what am I going to do today? How are you going to use me today? We can walk in the life that God has designed for us. We can do great things. We can know to be trustworthy and bold and strong and good. We can be known to be different, and people can be obsessed with that even when we don't look like anything else, when we don't look like anyone else. Because when we're walking our purpose, when we're living in the way that God is designed for us, when, we, when we're doing what the Spirit is asking for us, when we're living in the way that we're known for our trustworthiness and our goodness and the fruits of the Spirit, we change our communities, we change our neighborhoods, we change our schools, and the people we interact with daily and our families and brothers and sisters and moms and dads. And when we do that, when everyone in this room is living like that, when you're living surrendered like that, when you're loving the people in your life, that's when we change the world. Because God doesn't promise that you're gonna be made third highest in the kingdom, although it'd be cool if he did. He doesn't promise that, but he does promise that you can change your corner of the world. You can change your class and your family, and your school, and you can do what God has placed on your heart 
He's not asking you to be anyone else but you. So, you can be known for things even greater than Daniel. What do you want to be known for? And how's that going to change how you live? Stand up. We're going to pray, and then we're going to give Jesus everything. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you've created us uniquely. We thank you that you've filled us with your spirit. We thank you that you love us, that you have a plan for us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill each and every person in here tonight, Lord. Fill all of us so that we can live surrendered to you, that we can live surrendered like Daniel, Lord. I pray that you reveal to us what we're passionate about. You reveal to us our purpose. You reveal to us what we're good at. The people we're called to reach. Holy Spirit, I ask that you do something special in each and every one of these people's lives, Lord. That you remind us of who we are in you. I love what Rachel said. We're most us when we're in him. That's so good. I pray that you come near so that we can be the people that we were created to be. We're so thankful for you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Come on, y'all, let's worship.